0: How do you identify and nurture potential leaders within your organization? This is a question I received from a listener that we're going to discuss on today's episode of the Champion Forum podcast. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions and dreamers. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Jeff Hancher here, and I am on a mission to help every leader reach their fullest potential. Let me begin by thanking our listener, Paul, for the tremendous question. His question is, how do you identify and nurture potential leaders within your own team? In this uh, message that I got from Paul, Paul had mentioned that he recently interviewed for a senior leadership position. So he's currently a leader. He was chasing a promotion into an advanced leadership role within his company. And the bad news for Paul was he didn't get the job. The hiring manager, however, was kind enough to give Paul some feedback. And he told Paul that although his results were great, his attitude was great, and he was a fantastic leader. He wouldn't be getting the job. He told Paul that the reason the other candidate got the job over him is because the other candidate had a proven track record of developing leaders, and Paul had yet to prove that he could get that done. Paul also disclosed that he agreed with the hiring manager. So hats off to Paul for having some self awareness. And uh, he not only did he agree with the manager, but he wanted to get better at this so that he could be more promotable in the future. So Paul, let let me start by saying that failure is the very best teacher that you're ever going to get. I also want to congratulate you for not sitting back and making excuses, and it's not my fault. And the I got it wrong, and all the things that sometimes we do when we don't get our way. So hats off to you, Paul, not to mention you're reaching out for answers. Not getting that job will teach you something, and you're already taking action in your area of opportunity. So hats off to Paul. Let me also encourage you, Paul, by telling you, that I also was once passed up for a promotion for this very reason, which is why I took this question and, uh, and making it, uh, this is actually going to be a two part episode, uh, because this one hits a nerve. I mean, this one, I mean, this one hurt me. I mean, this one set me back. It was kind of a shin kick at the time. And I also went to work right away asking my mentors and other successful leaders, how, how do I go about correcting this? Like this, surely Isn't the end of the road for me. Like, there's got to be more. How do I get better at this? And I'm going to share some of the key principles that I learned in that season of my leadership journey, as well as the many years following that, that put me in a much better position to become a leader that was known for identifying, developing, and promoting other leaders. So I'm here to tell you, Paul and whoever else that might be in this journey and in this phase of the journey, it's absolutely possible to grow. There is a formula for success, and I'm going to share some of these best practices but i one of the books i want to recommend <clears throat> that i was given to read by one of my mentors was a a john maxwell book go figure i mean he is legendary right but it was the book developing the leaders around you in my opinion this is one of the greatest books written on this subject and I would highly recommend that uh, Paul of course you need to read this but anybody that is they're, they're at this level of leadership that they have followers they have great results but they don't really have a proven track record of developing leaders and promoting people into leadership this is a great book that gives you a great blueprint on how to do that and it really provokes some thought on things you might need to adjust to get there. Also, I teach a half day class. It's a, it's a leadership workshop that I've titled Navigating the Leadership Journey. And in this workshop, I tackle the opportunities and mindsets that a leader has to have in order to advance in their leadership influence. And this subject is certainly one that I share strategy and teaching around. Uh, if, if that's something you're interested as a listener, and you wanna stay informed of any of my public events, you can always go to the events page of our website at jeffhancher.com, or you can sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of our homepage at jeffhancher.com. However, today, I, I also, I wanna discuss or at least outline some best practices and steps that you can begin to work on right now to start making impact in this area. To begin, I think it's critical to understand that the greatest leaders create and inspire new leaders by instilling faith in their leadership abilities helping these people develop and hone leadership skills that they don't even know they possess. And I'm passionate about this because this was my story. You know, I I didn't set out to be a leader per se. I just set out to be better than I was, which wasn't saying much. However, there were leaders that came along me and said, you know what? I think there's something in this kid. I think there's something in there. I think we might be able to draw out some some leadership. I'm seeing... Some traits I'm seeing some attributes of leadership in this hancher kid, and so the first thing that I would tell you as a leader is that we we have to inspire new leaders. And when sometimes we have to give people our faith in them that this is possible. I call this borrowing, letting somebody borrow your faith in them. It's so important. And it's at this level of leadership that you begin to separate yourself from the, from the pack. And why is that? Well, simply put, it's hard. It's very challenging to, to not only keep getting good results and not keep your followers happy, but now i got to go to a whole new game. And I got to develop leaders. This is typically the ultimate lid for many leaders. This is where most leaders stop growing and increasing their capacity because it is a challenge. I mean, it is a lot going on at one time. So let's go through some practical steps. Step one, the first thing you need to do is identify these potential leaders. Not everybody is going to be a leader. So, the first thing that you have to get good at is you have to get good at identifying where's the potential. And allow me to let you in on a little secret it's not results. And don't get me wrong, results are important, but don't take the bait on promoting a leader on results alone. I have made this mistake enough to be declared an expert on what not to do. Uh, believe me when I tell you, I I made that mistake so often early in this journey where, I you know, I, I would call it kind of the, the cream of the crap where I wasn't doing a good job developing people, uh, but yet I wanted to be known for promoting leaders. So what would I do? I would just look into the org chart, find the people that had the best numbers, the best results. We're we're killing all key performing indexes. And then literally, I would parade them around to senior leadership as the next prodigal. And they're just going to be amazing. And I literally would oversell them just to find that this great individual contributor gets into this leadership role. They're miserable. Everybody on their team is miserable. They either end up getting fired or they quit. And then everybody's looking, looking at me like, you sold us a Bill of goods. Look, results are a non-negotiable. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. But don't, do not just promote somebody because they have great results. What I recommend is that you focus more on traits than just results. You, you see results can be fleeting, but traits more times than not are often sustainable. And they represent who a person is at their core. And they don't change much over time, these traits that are in people. You've heard the saying, you can't change the stripes on a zebra. I have found that to be true. The most important leadership qualities, they involve soft skills. They don't – rarely is it technical knowledge or industry-specific experience. Making leadership traits critical in your selection process this is absolutely a non-negotiable, and look, if you've been in, in, in quote unquote industry for a long time, you may you may take the bait on technical knowledge or industry experience. And look i 'm not telling you not to I don 't know your business. You might be splitting atoms if that 's the case, then you want somebody with some experience doing that, but, but just because you can split an atom doesn't mean that you're going to be a great leader. so you have to take all of these things into consideration, and these soft skills I will tell you time and time again. they are the ones that I see when this new leader gets involved. These things are naturally coming to them. this magnetism is already there this This likability factor, it's already there. This ability to influence, it's kind of already innately in them. Why? Because we've been observing these soft skills. Leadership traits play a crucial role in determining if a leader is going to be effective or not. Now, look, I'm, I'm here to give you great hope if you're listening and you're the one listening and saying, look, I want to be promoted. I don't know if I have all the leadership traits that Jeff's about to talk about. The great news is uh, some of them can be learned and some of them just might be you being more intentional. The, these are the inherent characteristics and qualities that contribute to a leader's ability to do what they need to do, to to inspire others, to influence others, to guide a team. And let me recommend that you go back and listen to my interview from March 3rd of 2021 with Rich Deviney. Rich Deviney is an expert on the subject of traits and attributes that build successful teams. Go back and listen to this Uh, Conversation I had with Rich on March 3rd of 2021. You will not be disappointed and it will definitely open your eyes to what you should be looking for. However, looking back on all of the people that I have had the opportunity to identify and develop into leaders, I want to give you some of the traits you need to look for in others that I believe has led me to developing some amazing leaders. And I'd love to tell you it's because I'm awesome. It's, it's not. It's a formula. Uh, I did it wrong um, probably more than a lot of people have tried. Again, I wrote the book on what not to do. Uh, but I want to give you some that really, as I was thinking about these traits, some that just really stood out to me. And a lot of these are going to be Mr. Obvious. But I will tell you be intentional and literally maybe start creating a checklist as you're looking across your organization of who carries these things in abundance. And the first one is positivity. Positivity. This is a big one. This is the ability to work with and see people and situations in a positive way. And a great way to sift through people to see if they're genuinely cup half full people. I'll tell you how. Watch how they respond when adversity is at its highest. People that are always exposing problems without bringing solutions, they're whiners, and they're surely not candidates for leadership. Go out and seek people who seek solutions. And I will tell you, your best scorecard is when things aren't going well. And I'm sure you're going to have plenty of opportunity uh, to go out and observe when things aren't going well. The second thing is servanthood. This this is the willingness to submit, uh, to play as a team, follow you as the leader. And and don't mistake this for fake applause or brown nosing. You, You will know this by this person's demeanor and by their consistency, I'm not talking about fake applause. I'm not talking about, you know, the person that is brown nosing. You feel that when you – you know that. You get that feeling when that is somebody. If you've been in leadership any length of time, don't don't take the bait of uh, having your ego stroked by fake applause or brown nosing. You, do you remember the saying, maybe you've heard it, the new broom sweeps clean? Meaning everyone can be good at first – but how are they over time? A new broom is great when, whenever you, you unwrap it from the plastic. But over time, it starts to lose its bristles. It starts to lose its effectiveness. It doesn't work how it once did. The question you have to look out whenever you're thinking about servanthood is, have they been tested? Do they look for ways to go the extra mile? Do you find them looking out for your blind spots? The next thing is growth potential. Growth potential is a really big one. When you look out among these people that you're around, that you're leading, or maybe even in other departments, do they have a hunger for growth? Do they have a hunger for personal growth, professional development, you know, the ability to keep growing as the job expands, gets more challenging? Where are they falling on that spectrum? And a great way to know is if this person if they're on your team they're they're always asking you questions about how they can get better they're they're kind of on on your shirt sleeve how can I get better what what do I need to do how can how can I do how can I uh, what do I need to read? What do I need to watch? What do I need to consume? They're asking questions. you give them an, a, an assignment and if you don't give them feedback, they're coming looking for the feedback and and not only are they asking questions. But they're following through on your advice and reporting back on what they learned. Folks, this is a home run. It's one thing to have somebody come and say, hey, boss, how can I get better? Like I would tell you that that in and of itself is a highlight moment. But then there's this class of people that you give them the feedback and they waste no time. They go out and execute, and not only are they executing, they're reporting back. Hey, boss, I did what you said, and wow, what a difference. That's so much better. That works so much. It's so much more efficient. I felt the impact of that. Thank you for the feedback. May I have another? Like you're literally observing them seeking feedback, executing on feedback, and coming back for more. Folks, this is a home run. This is something you can't teach, by the way. Hard to teach. People either have this desire or they don't. The next one is follow through. These are the people that have this determination to get the job done. And I mean get it done completely and consistently. These are individuals that prioritize and consistently practice follow through, and they're going to be better positioned for positive outcomes and sustained success. No question about it. And by the way, don't you trust people that consistently do what, they're say, what they say they're going to do more than others? You know, I've told my kids this since they were little. One of the keys to standing out in this crazy world that we live in is doing what you say you're going to do. This makes you dependable. This makes you somebody that can be counted on. And, and I'll bet if you just take a pause and you think about what makes you scratch your head as a leader, what frustrates you as a leader, I'll bet one of the things that's in your top 10 is that people don't do what they say they're going to do. If, if there's an epidemic, this is one of them. And look, good news to everybody listening, no matter where you're at on your journey, if you want to stand out as a professional, if you want to stand out as a good human being, just simply do what you say you're going to do. And, and I will tell you, Not many are doing this. You will be elite in so many ways because people just don't do this. I think people have good intentions, but uh, it's rare that people follow through. Why? Because follow through is hard. Follow through requires personal sacrifice. Follow through means probably some agitation. Follow through might mean an early morning, a late night. And who wants to do that? Well, people that are serious about their growth want to. So look around your team. Who are the people that you would identify that you're like, man, when they say they're going to do something, they do it. I would, I would keep them high on your radar. The next one is resiliency. <clears throat> Look for these people that display this ability to just bounce back when the problem hits. How, how do they respond when they fail? When, when they come, you know, how about this one? They come just short of their annual bonus. I mean, they were one, one sale away from the annual bonus. How are they bouncing back from that? How, how do they respond when they're passed up for the promotion? How do they respond when they give you this – you, you give them this negative score on their performance review? How, how are they responding to this? How do they respond to the negative? Well, I know how our listener Paul is responding to some feedback. He's displaying resiliency. He's saying, look, this isn't going to define me. I didn't get the job. I'm going to figure this thing out. Do you have people on your team like that? Always remember, how you do one thing is how you do everything. If they're not displaying resilience as an individual contributor, they will crumble when the weight of leadership is thrust upon them because if there's one thing that we know in leadership you have to be resilient it's not if you get kicked in the shin it's only how often in a single day is that going to happen by design things are going to go wrong by design we're going to be thrust into a lot of problems that's how leadership works so who on your team is displaying this resiliency And not being tested doesn't mean they're resilient. Let me highlight that. If they haven't been tested to prove resiliency, that doesn't define them as a resilient person. You may want to wait that one out and let the problem, let the adversity, let the challenge hit their life and just sit back, get yourself a bag of popcorn and get ready for the show. How are they going to perform? How are they going to respond? The next one, and I think it goes without saying, is integrity trustworthiness, solid character. This means being patient and not interrupting people in meetings. This is a big one. They don't gossip as a way to create attention and put the spotlight on themselves. What's up with gossip, by the way? Like is it does that does gossip happen in your organization? Bet it does. You ever wonder why it does? Well, it's usually because people are self-serving. They have an ego. They need attention. They need to spotlight. This is not leadership quality. Look past that. I don't care how great the results are. If they're always caught up in the gossip somehow, but they're explaining themselves why they're there because they just want to help the team, no, don't take the bait. These people have no trouble admitting when they're wrong, these people with great integrity. They don't mind telling you they're wrong. I mean, again, hats off to Paul. He said, look, I own it. I own it. They're right. I agree with the feedback. I got to get better. I mean, this could have been a great opportunity for Paul to start making excuses, defend himself. People that lack integrity, that's usually the way they go. Matter of fact, I would tell you people with the greatest integrity, even when the feedback is unfair or it's wrong, they handle it in a way that's respectful and mature. These are the type of people that are assertive during conflict, but they're respectful. A great way to find out where somebody's integrity lies is how they handle conflict with their peers, how they handle conflict with you, how they handle conflict with other leaders in the organization. How are they going about this? These these people with integrity, they don't bend the rules. They don't, they don't, they're not out just for personal gain. They have this thing in their gut that says who I am is more important than what I do. And this is tested over time. And again, let me say this. This does not mean that if they've never been tested that they're a person of high integrity. Put this to the test. The next one that I want to talk about is discipline. Discipline's big. If you're looking out for a potential leader— that is a person of discipline, they're going to show willingness to do what is required no matter how they feel. These are the people that are kind of dead to themselves because they care so much about the mission. They care so much about their growth. They care so much about their success and what they're fighting for. When you ask for volunteers to stay late, Maybe maybe asking them to come in early or work a Saturday to fulfill a customer demand. Who's showing up to that? Pretty good indicator if they show up, they're a person of discipline. And I'm gonna be accused of being judgmental on this one, but it's gotta be said. What image do they present of themselves? Meaning, I mean, let's just get raw here. How's their hygiene? How's their self-care? Do they show up looking refreshed or does it look like they were up playing Minecraft all night, disheveled? Do they show up with groomed hair or are they showing up looking like they slept in their clothes? They're all wrinkled up. You know, how do they look? Now, I'm not here to tell you like, you know, they have to have a part to the side and this or that. I'm I'm not here to tell you what hair should look like or what clothing they should wear. But what I am saying is somebody that's disciplined is put together. They just are. I don't care what they're wearing, whether it's jeans, a suit, a tie. If their hair is parted to the left, the right, back, if they're – you know, they could be rocking a mullet for all I care. But what I'm saying is they're put together. I mean a mullet might be a stretch, but if you have a mullet (laughs) – Godspeed to you. Are their shoes clean? Is their car tidy? Have you been in their car? Um, Have you been able to observe it? I'm not saying be weird and go do uh, car inspections if that's not the norm at your workplace, but I'll tell you what, show me the inside of somebody's car. And I'll show you somebody that's either disciplined or not. And I know I'm hitting a nerve here because somebody's saying, good Lord, if Hancher uh, saw my car, he would think a lot differently of me. Well, then pull yourself together. Pull yourself together. That's If you have a car that's an absolute wreck, you don't, you're lacking discipline in this area. Is their workstation tidy? What's their workstation look like? You know, are there piles of papers everywhere? Everything's a disheveled mess. They can never find anything when they need it. They're lacking discipline. And if this is happening now to them as an individual contributor, wait until this, this heaviness of leadership is put on them and they're running around frantic because there's more happening in a day than they have time to do it. If they're not a person of discipline, they're going to get eaten alive. Always remember that a leader who loves the status quo, it will soon become a follower. They're going to get dropped from grace really fast. People that don't have great self-discipline rarely make great leaders. And look, if your shoes are dirty, if your car is a mess, if your workstation's a mess, if your breath stinks and you don't comb your hair and you show up in wrinkled clothes, I'm not saying you're a bad person. I'm just telling you that you lack discipline, and I care enough to tell you that. And as leaders who are looking to be known for reproducing other people, these are things you got to look for because this doesn't get better over time. It just doesn't. It rarely does. And even if it does get better, that's not a risk that you should be willing to take. Find somebody that's already doing these things and promote them don't, you know, I tell my kids all the time, don't go missionary dating. Well, what's missionary dating? Well, I think they can be a good person. No, find good people. Like, this isn't like we're going to start dating, and I'm going to try to make them a better person. No, that's not how we're doing this. Find amazing people. (laughs) Let's start there. It's a big world there's somebody out there for you. We're not missionary dating around here in the Hancher house. We're not saying, well, you know, someday I think they're going to have a good job. No, find somebody that has a good job. Find somebody that has their life together. I don't care how nice they are. Like, we're not taking a chance on that. And I'm being a little ridiculous with my point here, but they don't get better much over time. The next one, and maybe the most important, and the last one that I'll, that I'll leave you with is accountability. I don't even know how you would rank these traits, by the way. They're all critical. Let's talk about this accountability. What we know about great leaders is that they take responsibility, and they're not quick to pass the blame. This should be an area that you are observing in potential leaders from your team. Making mistakes, it's inevitable. I get it. But how do people respond when it happens is absolutely everything. When people own their mistakes, they're showing you that they're responsible, that they're mature enough to admit when they're wrong, and they're willing to learn important lessons from these errors that they're making. People that are accountable, they take initiative. Who on your team stands out as someone that does things without being asked? I have also found that the most accountable people are taking ownership of their own career progression. They're not waiting for the next class. They're not waiting for the next workshop. They're not waiting for the next book reading assignment. They're, take, they're accountable to themselves. They care more about them than you care about them. By the way, there's another leadership nugget. You can't want it more than other people, right? They got to want it. Look for people on your team that are asking for advice on how to improve. Look for people that are asking to take on more responsibility to learn. These are people that are accountable. So here they are. These are some of my thoughts on the initial stage of becoming a leader that produces other leaders. The first step is to identify potential leaders in your organization. I hope the advice that I gave you today gives you some things to consider as you begin to hand select the people on your team that have the potential to move into the next phase of this process. And, and the next phase of the process for you is nurturing and developing the people that you've identified. So with that, I'll leave you with a cliffhanger. Join me next week for part two of this two-part series on leadership reproduction as I finish responding to Paul's question about developing leaders. Next week, we're going to dive into some very important yet practical things that you can do to begin to prepare others to have the confidence to take on this leadership responsibility. Until next week, look to identify the potential leaders in your organization and keep turning that pressure into potential the champion forum podcast with jeff hancher lead inspire win